Hey, listener, thank you so much for tuning in to this replay of U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. This is the second half of the show with a new guest awaiting. If you haven't done so already, be sure to listen to the first half, too. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning for updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby. Also, please like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a five-star review. That helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, on to our next guest. Joining us right now is USA Rugby Men's Pathway Director, Brandon Keene. Brandon, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Uh, thanks very much for, for having me on. No, hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you doing these days? Yeah, good. Uh, pretty pretty busy um, with uh, with a few different things, but yeah, um, yeah doing really well. Well, uh, you know, first thing, congrats on taking the director's, director's position of the uh, the Men's Pathway program. Uh, no pressure, but the fans want to win the World Cup in 2031, so that's on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're, we're going to do our best to, uh, to 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 deliver to deliver that. Um, we obviously we want to we want to have a uh, a good home home performance there. So um, the the players that'll be coming through the pathway now will be the ones that'll be in the in the team at that point. So yeah, trying to get trying to get everything set up uh, to, to yeah. And and for people to know really know your background and who you are, you know, tell us a bit about your rugby history. You know. Uh, <gasps> Where did you play? Um, that, where did you start? That type of thing. Yeah, so I actually um, I, I started um, in in Charlotte, the Charlotte Rugby mm-hmm. Club, uh, based on some um, you know family relationships and those kind of things uh, got me into the game, and then um, played undergraduate rugby at Appalachian State University, um, and then uh, came back and uh, played at the the Charlotte Rugby Club through the. Super League years, and then uh, and started coaching um, while I was teaching at, at Charlotte Catholic High School um, <clears throat> for a number of years, and then was fortunate enough for Salty uh, Salty Thompson okay. to, to recognize what we were doing and, and bring me into the um, the age grade setup, and then um, you know from there just just kept kept pushing um, to learn as much as I could and um, and do as much as I could to help. Uh, help develop the game and, and, and players specifically in the Southeast, but then nationally. Uh, Charlotte was one of the first clubs, at least in the South to have their own facilities. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, yes, no, that's, that's right. Um, they, uh, there's a guy named Tony Skillbeck mm-hmm. who, who basically made that possible. Um, back in the late 80s yeah I, I played in that pitch a couple of times i played in atlanta fitzy it's okay i can talk a little rugby it's all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I, short time for life and then old white most of the time but um always always a good program charlotte always had a, a great uh you know facility and and, and players so it's uh, definitely I, I like i like seeing you came from that facility yeah no i was very fortunate i mean as i as i've told the the guys that kind of brought me in there you know if it weren't for if it were for them uh you know what my 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 opportunity in the game and what it's done for me uh, wouldn't have been possible. So yeah, it's a huge thanks for for all those guys that that made that um, facility what it is. Brandon, before I ask a rugby question, I got to ask. When I heard you attended Appalachian State, how big was that win Appalachian State two thousand and seven over Michigan in college football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was massive. Uh, it was funny because um, I think. I, you know, like uh, like every Saturday at that time, uh, you know, I was I was on a field playing somewhere. rugby, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and I and I got off, and you know, I had a bunch of missed calls and 
um, everything else. And my cousin actually went there after me and, and, and he was there at the time. And so he was, uh, he was, he called me freaking out. I got a, I got a number of messages. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so talking a little bit, you mentioned playing rugby there. Did, um, you know, as your career progressed, did, was coaching, was that something you always wanted to get into? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was in college, um, like many college programs at the time, we, we didn't have a yeah. coach. Um, and so again, like I was fortunate when I would come back in the summer and, and be around the guys, um, in, in Charlotte and learn what I could. And then I tried to bring that knowledge back there. Um, and so, you know, we were self-coached and so, you know, kind of player coaching, um, by, you know, by committee, a few of us, um, kind of executing that. And then I was, um, when I became a teacher, it sort of became a natural, you know, there's a natural marriage there, teaching and coaching. I mean, the principles are pretty much the same, but I hadn't thought seriously about it until some of my students just found out that I, that I played rugby and they asked if they started a club, if I would coach it. And I said, yes. And here we are. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, speaking of USA rugby, you've got a lot of, history with the the interim coach uh scott lawrence for the men's eagles was was he the one who approached you to take this role with usa hawks or in kind of what is the plan for i guess the pathway program that might be a real big question we don't have a lot of time for that one but uh yeah well so um no i so i kind of came into this role i mean the, my official title i think is the is the men's pathways manager uh, men's high performance pathways manager um, and uh, that evolved kind of after 2020 into 2021 um, coming off of um, being the, the U18's head coach and getting really kind of intimately involved in in the operations side of things um, then you know um working with dan Payne, you know over the last year and a bit um to to try and build that year and a half really to build that program up um and, and with you bevan as well um as we started running all these talent id sessions trying to do these this tour you know that we've been doing the last few years um to identify players around the country um but now that you know, now with Scott coming on, um, that's been a, um, you know, a great relationship to continue. Um, and, um, you know, Scott has a, Scott has a vision uh, of how he, you know, wants, wants things to evolve and, you know, we're in the, in the early steps of that, of that vision. Um, but ultimately, you know, you guys brought it up at the, the, the top of the call, you know, the, the idea is, you know, to really make sure that we set things up properly um, so that we can have a, you know, a really good showing at that 31 World Cup and in, and in 28, of course. Mm. Or 27, sorry. And, and, and Brandon, let's talk about the Hawks specifically right now. Is this the beginning of that development? I mean, it, so let's, let's talk about this program here. Um, you know, how did it come about? You know, what is the ultimate pers- uh, purpose of, say, this Hawk squad? Yeah, so the, the purpose of the Hawks 
team is really to develop young American players and to give them meaningful game time against top level competition. Um, and so, you know, in partnership with, with world rugby and the MLR, the, you know, the program kind of came about, um, so that, you know, players could come and you know, test themselves and, and see what the, the cauldron is like, um, you know, and we, we certainly found that out, you know, um, and then the matches that we played down in South America, um, you know, so far. And, and I know that that's going to continue um, when we play the Cobras next week um, and uh, and the rest of the games that we have uh, through April. Um, but that's really the, the goal is to is to get them, you know, um, as, as you know, high level professional game time, young, young American players. But as we talk about uh, game time, right, for these young American players, which is which is awesome. Anyway, is any way being put on the results of the game, or is this completely and purely about developing the player pool? I mean, really, it's about developing the player pool. I mean, what we talk about, regardless of of, of any um, any games that we play, I think the the aim is always to have the best possible performance um, for the team. Um, And the, you know, the result is obviously, you know, reflects a performance in, in, in one way or another, but, um, you know, in terms of, you know, some of the teams that we've, we've played uh, the Pampas team, for instance, you know, they've been together for uh, some time as a, as a professional outfit. Um, and so looking purely at the, at the results, um, you know, is not going to really get us to where we need to mm-hmm. be um, in 27 or 31. I don't think, I think the, the idea is to make sure that we're having growth performances um, over time, both individually and collectively. Yeah. I think definitely one of the things is right. It, for the development of these players is game time, right? So it, how many, how many games are being planned uh, each year for the Hawks? Um, so this year uh, we'll end up having uh, seven games. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as the, as next year evolves, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, that that's not a, a, a conversation that we've had mm-hmm. yet. Um, but, um, you know, this year we'll have seven games, so seven good, highly competitive games, um, and then you know the players that are that are in MLR teams will go back to their MLR teams, haven't had that game time, and hopefully be better for it and and compete for places in those teams. Um, and then the players that aren't, you know, hopefully, um, you know, they get the opportunity to sign on somewhere um, and uh, and and continue to play and continue to compete. Brendan, we got uh, our first guest who came in, or first guest, first listener who came in the first half for a little bit too. Uh, Ryan Mattias is right here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Bill. Uh, Brendan, it's a honor to be on this call with you. I just had a question. I mean, obviously, you are you and Scott are doing um, tons of the heavy lifting on developing um, American rugby, and obviously, you've been in this space of the heavy lifting and identifying and cultivating talent for years now, and. I guess this is kind of just, I mean, I was just curious what you thought um, as far as the MLR, do you think that as a league or, I mean, 
obviously we want to try and see as many American players playing as possible, um, right? And But finding that balance of foreign players, obviously, you know, you can't disregard, you know, some of the very quality talent that are in these teams. I mean, that these young guys get to be around. And I guess my question would be, you know, leading into 2031, if, uh, you know, commissioner of the MLR said, hey, Brendan, you know, we're going to do it your way. How do you, you know, would you follow a Japanese style model of like, you know, ideally by 2031, we have, you know, two foreign players or, um, you know, uh, other, other models where there's, you know, kind of, um, you know, a, a tighter limit on those. Put me on the spot there, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an important question. Um, I think, um, you know, I think from a, from a league perspective, obviously, um, they want, you know, the, the league wants the highest quality product that it can put out there. Um, and it's clear how competitive the league is presently, um, which is which is great to see. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, obviously, <clears throat> I think um, the more the more players, you know, that that we can produce that can um, help to to drive that product. Um, you know, the better it will be for both the the domestic league and for um, for the national teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, over time, um, you know, hopefully we're hopefully we're 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 putting putting enough talent there and putting the the structures in place that allow you know allow that to be a a league that has. Um, you know, American players across the board, but I think there's a lot of work being done um, on, you know, in, in, in a number of different spaces, um, and uh, and some of it unseen, you know, on, on the MLR front to, to make sure that 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 players are de- are, are getting developed so that that um, that'll happen um, as as time as time goes on. Right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, next listener, who I, th- I think Smiley is actually in Charlotte, so he may be showing up to one of your camps. Hey, Smiley. <laughs> yeah, I know him. Hey, Coach. Uh, oh. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. So, like, uh, I'm seeing majority of the players on the Hawks come from the U23s, the USA Rugby Academy, U20s, and that all the ID camps I see are for mostly for U23s, U20s, U18s. So I'm, what I've been wondering and what a couple other people have been wondering, so what are the opportunities for players over 23? And what are, like, the pathways for, like, the players that have just been, like, so far, like, over 23 that are still looking for the opportunity because they still have high ceilings? Yeah, I mean, uh, so it's is, it is, an important question. It's a difficult one. It's, it, um you know, we, we, we are paying attention to, 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 to club players out there and um, but uh, to the to the conversation you know as it's gone so far uh, looking to, to 27 and 31 we are we're thinking about the the, the future um, I mean which is my primary job is to think about the future um, 
probably more than the present. Um, and, uh, and so those, those opportunities can pop up, but, you know, um, looking, looking to get spotted by MLR teams and get into those teams playing at, at, at the, the most competitive, uh, club rugby teams in the, in the country, um, are the, are the best ways to get into those, you know, it, the best ways to get picked up into a, uh, a nat- you know, a national level team for those guys that are, you know, a little bit older, um, you know, the different MLR Academy teams that are out there. Um, we've got a, you know, we've got a few guys that come from HTX in Houston, for instance, uh, Utah selects, those kind of things, um, you know, that are great vehicles to, to develop, um, to develop guys that are a little bit outside of the, the traditional um, kind of pathway space. Brendan, let's let's talk a little bit um, uh, more about the Hawks here as far as, uh, you know, geography, where you are. You're, you're located out of Charlotte for your home matches and, and training as well. Um, can you talk about why North Carolina and uh, which facilities you'll be using? Uh, yeah, so the, um, the, the reason we ended up here was actually out of a, a, a partnership with the United States Performance Center um, that... Um, Jonathan Atkinson and, and, and Ross, um, young, you know, organized and, and made, you know, made the relationship, uh, there. And that's a, that's a growing, uh, growing group here on the North side of Charlotte, um, in, in, in and around UNC Charlotte. Um, and they've been, you know, wonderful opening, um, a lot of doors for us and, and making it possible for us to, to get this off the ground this year. Um, and so, yeah, we train there, um, actually on the campus, uh, and then um, our first game next week will be at um, American Legion Memorial Stadium, which is um, in downtown Charlotte. And uh, yes, you know it's been a it's been a blessing. Obviously, you know it kind of worked out to be easy for me, but uh, that was that was a coincidence um, in in the fact that. That, mm-hmm. that Jonathan Ross found this um, this opportunity um, that was made possible by the the guys Ike and David in particular at, at the USPC. Brandon, you talked a little bit about the the initial selection of players for the Hawks coming from MLR clubs, academies, and I mean, maybe you touched on it a little bit with, with Smiley's question, but will that always be the case? Will, will the majority of the players come from kind of the MLR club academy teams? Um, well, some of them, yeah. I mean, uh, as, as Smiley said, like some of them came kind of straight out of uh, either our uh, academy program that we run in the fall, or or were affiliated with you know USA age grade programs um, prior to that. But um, no, I mean the 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 program is a you know a partnership, uh, as I say, between World Rugby and, and MLR and us. Um, and so, yeah, the aim is again to to get get players coming in that that need you know need game time, need experience. And looking at those players, Brendan, can you, uh, especially with the matches down in South America, I noticed um, Oak Glory's uh, Demonte Noble and um, uh, Ethan Fryer from the Free Jacks played uh, pretty well in the, in the in the footage I can see at least and watch at least. Can you talk about uh, some of the players that stood out? 
Um, well, yeah, I don't like like to talk too much about specific players mm-hmm. um, as they're all in that you know that yeah. developing and pro- proving mode. But you know, I, I thought if you look at the if you look at the trajectory of of all the guys from the first match through the last match, um, you know, I thought everybody who took took the field improved um, in their in their performances. Um, you know, there's some there's definitely some exciting young players coming through. I mean, you mentioned it, uh, a couple of them. We have a few guys that are actually eligible for the under twenties this year, um, still in the team. Um, mm-hmm. One who's only eighteen, um, and uh, and so I mean, yeah, really excited about the, the entire group. To be honest. <laughs> No, that's great. And but you you mentioned earlier, you know, talking about getting more games on the schedule. I guess seven this year. I'm just throwing this out there hypothetically. Could could we see the USA Hawks maybe join a regular competition, say like Super Rugby Americas? Um, as far as for, you know, I don't think that's on the cards at the at the moment um, because of the the nature of the you know, the partnerships and, and things that this is, this is grown out of, um, you know, and making sure that, uh, that we keep the, keep the game as healthy as we can, you know, here and then, then, then that those players are, are available to, uh, to source the domestic game as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about like sourcing the domestic game. I mean, generally speaking, right. Searching for the USA talent pool, you know, I think us, right. We all know uniquely uh, challenged there and that the, the geography is so spread out, right. The country's so big compared to say, you know, other countries like, you know, England or, or Japan. Right. But, you know, with such a massive area to cover, to find rugby talent, do you feel like we're getting, I guess, um, in a, in a better way to be able to divide and organize the country so that we aren't like missing out on players, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're getting, we're getting down that track better, you know, better every year. It's, it's obviously a lot easier than it used to be because of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ability to, to share, you know, share film and people streaming more games and those kind of things. Um, I mean, uh, Scott will tell you the same thing. I'm sure, like the amount of of of, of footage that that we end up watching, um, just to look at players um, from, you know, from high school all the way up through the MLR, you know, is is, is immense. Um, but it's great um, compared to you know what it used to have to be, which is you know being on site every you know at everything all the time, um, which which obviously wasn't possible. Um, so, so, so that technology piece has helped, um, you know, really being kind of having this sort of robust, um, talent identification process through the spring has helped. Um, and then, um, you know, a lot, a lot of programs are, are, you know, have been sending in a lot of recommendations and, um, trying to you know, build the relationship, you know, build relationships with the different programs uh, around the country. Obviously there's a lot of programs, right? Um, so mm. but we've even, we even opened up just an open source, um, you know, player recommendation uh, form that people can fill out and submit their, 
recommendations and footage, and we've pulled players into the various junior national teams from there. Players okay. that we never would have seen before. I'm going to send you my 1996 VHS tape. <laughs> See if I was good enough. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to go uh, dig the v- VCR out of the, out of the uh, attic. I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, speaking of these 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 programs, so were you playing when the when we had the ITTs were going on? I think down in Tampa. Yes. Yes. We- uh, yeah, you know, obviously we're not having those anymore, but there still are those regional select teams. Like you're in the South, so I'm sure you're familiar with the South Panthers. Uh, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts on these programs as far as player development? Um, I mean, they're not just touring sides. I mean, these are uh, you know decent sides. Yeah, so I think uh, you know there's a there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work um, in those programs, uh, and. You know, we we have regular consultations specifically with the programs that are verified national development programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have specific conversations before selection, you know, about recommendations um, from them on, on, on who, you know, should come into camps and who should should um, should be put into teams. Um, and uh, no, I mean, I, I think that that's um, those are those are all, you know, good avenues for for, yeah. for players to to get sort of next level stuff i mean the real work of development happens at the club level you know the day in day out work of of becoming a better player but then in order to see and test yourself you know being able to move into those um those regional and national development programs um allows the the players to sort of see where they are at those things get a higher level assessment some different you know getting coached by different coaches who may have different experiences than 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 their club coaches um so that that the players can get you know more uh input uh on their development and and see how it tracks at different levels right hey brennan last question for you um as a coach now when you look back to your playing career would you have liked playing for you (laughs) <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, to say yes <laughs> yeah i mean i think so um i actually i was fortunate to have a a couple of good coach mentors that were mm-hmm. that were my coaches that i tried to sort of take on you know the qual some of the qualities that 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 i admired in them uh when i started when I started coaching, um, and obviously over time, I've learned how to how to temper some of my own emotions and things that that probably were not as as well in check as they should have been when I was a young coach. Well, hey, Brendan, um, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate your time. Uh, a wealth of information. Really looking forward to seeing how the Hawks do uh, this this next month or so, and the future of the Pathways. Man, we're looking forward to talking to you about that again mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Um, um, the more information we can get out there and the more connections we can make, I think the better the better for all of us. 100%. All right. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We uh, we had a gift of Baylou early on uh, talking about the HBCU Rugby Classic, and we just had Brandon Keene, the USA Right, wait, let's get this title right. The men's high-performance pathways manager. Um, excellent uh, wealth of knowledge there about the pathways. Some more information there. If we had an hour, we could have dug in more also about more of the pathways. But 
two great guests. Uh, special thanks to John Fitzpatrick. Thank you, buddy, for, for being my co-host again. And also for our listeners, both Ryans, for coming up asking questions. Uh, greatly appreciate it. We'll be talking to you guys again soon.